And the thing called Zrizos is the second stage in spiritual growth. First stage of spiritual growth is called Zihirus, Zihirut. Zihirut means self-awareness. Zihirut means self-awareness. Now, is that an accurate translation of the word? No. In the context of what it connotes, is that what it is? Yes. Zrizus means breaking the experience of breaching the boundaries of my comfort zone. The second stage of Avodis Hashem is Zrizus, means breaking the boundaries of my comfort zone. Now, we all live within a comfort zone. The comfort zone is we tend to repeat actions which are familiar. Even though those actions can be difficult for us to repeat, we just keep on going. Once we get into a habituated state of being, the nature of our hardwiring is we duplicate today what we did yesterday. That hardwiring freezes us in a state of stagnation and puts us, at, puts us at the mercy of living a unfulfilled, empty, by-road, mechanical, stagnant life, which cannot extend towards the realm of spirituality. Spirituality is fundamentally what's called transcendent. Transcendent means that within a given moment, I break, break those boundaries. Zrizus is the breaking the boundaries of habit, of expectation, of rote. And when those boundaries are broken, that is the first visible step into the world of spirituality. As opposed to other forms of spirituality which may go inward and focus on contemplation and meditation, Zrizus is, is, is located in the realm of action. In the realm of, it's not about so much thinking, we'll see it has an overlap with intention, but it's about Doing, breaking, and it's ironic because one wouldn't have looked to the world of action as the first port of call to enter into the spiritual realm. Let me illustrate it with an example. There's a Mr. Sashaim, and he speaks about in two different paragraphs, different oppositions to what he calls Rizus. And I want to read you the words because I think they paint a picture of what does this koyach, which this power that stops us from being zoris, looks like. And he says the following thing. Kain sarich pikhus gadol, a person needs to have pikhut gadol, which means you have to be very aware, in touch in tune, super conscious, vashkofa, and you have to have a distant gaze. In other words, you have to look at your world, see the nitty-gritty 
operating mechanisms of how you working, how am I working, and I have to have a perspective of what else is happening in my life. So these two things, this insight and this outside. Insight into what's going on inside myself and awareness, and an outside into what is the what does the habitat of my life look like? And I need that to grasp onto mitzvahs and to own them in order they shouldn't be taken away from me. Our way of connecting to spirituality, we need to, we need to find a, a broker between a infinite being and system and a finite person creation, the interface between access, the access point, the portal that allows us a capacity to connect to something which through a um, mortal limitations prevent us from getting there, we've got this thing called mitzvahs, Turin mitzvahs. Turin mitzvahs act as the, the interface between us and the spiritual world, or between us and, and the connection to Hashem, better. Between us and connection to, to a higher power, there's this thing called, there's, a, there's an entire spiritual apparatus. And when we connect to that spiritual apparatus, that spiritual apparatus essentially um, acts as the, the intermediary between us and spiritual connection. We can't do it directly because we we got physical bodies. We need a, we need we need a way of getting there. Bridge. So mitzvahs are the bridge. So now, if I want to get that access to spirituality, I need to connect to the bridge to get there. It will get me over the hump. So, what is not zrizus to? We'll call it atlus. What is atlus? The opposite zrizus. What does it do? It, it it tells me that in order for me to be able to get mitzvahs. People think that mitzvahs perhaps are easy to come by. They're easy access. You're in, you're, you know, especially you're in Jerusalem and you're surrounded by a environment which seems to support at every level um, that spiritual system. You've got shuls, you've got shivers, you've got kosher food, you've got the kosher, you've got, you've got everything. So you think that, okay, well, we've got it all rigged up. Even us, you need to have incredible awareness of yourself and a bigger perspective of your life, in order that mitzvah shouldn't be lost from you. And he goes on to explain, Just like the negative force inside of us goes out of his way through his deceitful methods, to throw a person into the traps, the ambushes of spiritual misalignment, that same negative power goes out of his way to deprive us, prevent us from doing mitzvahs. Meaning there's a power, there's a power that wants to do everything in its will to stop us from doing mitzvahs. Step number one. Then he goes on and he says, if you look at a person's physical body, our bodies are heavy. He offers a chumrus gas because the actual the stuff that we're made of is a very crass matter. The the the, the, the we're not we're not we're heavy. 
we heavy, our bodies are heavy. And therefore, we're not predisposed towards effortless action. It takes effort, even standing up. There's resistance. Getting out of bed is resistance. Running is resistance. Anytime we break from our inertia, it's resistance because the body is heavy. And if a person wants to access spirituality, you have to undo your natural form. You have to become, you have to completely undo your physical structure. Because if you let yourself go and just gravitate towards your physicality, you're not going to do it. There's, there's two things over here. The, the, the Ramchal was speaking about that just like the Yetzirah tries to deprive you from mitzvahs, and just like, just like he tries to throw you into the pitfall of hate, misalignment, he also tries to do anything he can to stop you from doing mitzvahs. And then he goes and he says, and you should see that the way the body is structured, our physical structure, doesn't allow us to be predisposed towards doing mitzvahs. In fact, we're predisposed towards chill. Surf, chill, sun, repeat. Perfect. Okay, so, so I just want you to figure out here. There, there's two things over here that the, the Ramchal is talking about. He speaks about the body, but then he speaks about there's this other koyach. There's a power. There's actually a spiritual power that wants to derail us from making progression in Avodah Hashem. When you get derailed, that's got nothing to do with our physical predisposition, predisposition towards body. Our body itself is not built for spirituality. Our body is built for physicality. You put a body in a physical environment, steigs. Put your body by a pool in Lohia, in the sun. How's your body do? Amazing. Put your body next to a medium-rare sirloin steak with crisp fries on the side, a smattering of salad to assuage your conscience. Great. Body's great. Body's great. Put your body in a place where it has to wake up at 4.30 in the morning before sunrise. Body says, no way, bro. No, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. What are you doing? Put your body after a hard day and you get home and you relax and then you go, oh gosh, I can't believe it. That was such a hectic day. And then there's a little voice inside of your head which says, Maeve? <laughs> and you go, Maeve? No way. And then you start to think to yourself, um, you've davened already. But you haven't. So like you try to copy and paste yesterday's history and put it into your head. I've davened already, because you davened yesterday. I mean, like there's a part of you which kind of gets and says, hey, I don't think you have. And then you think, <clears throat> I'm an oinus. Circumstances beyond my control. So what are those? Say, so just one second, I'm going to think of them. In other words, the body doesn't lend itself to effort. That's one thing. So there's two things, essentially. There are two things, there are two things that oppose spiritual entrance into spirituality. Number one, 
Physically, we're not built for it. We built for physicality. So in the physical world, we steig. So we have to overcome our physicality. We have to turn physicality on its head. We have to take all those discomforts, smash through them. We have to take all the pain of breaking out of physical rote and face it. Step, I don't know if it's one or two. But then even were we to do that, there's another force. And the other force is there's an actual spiritual force that distracts us, pulls us away, deprives us of being able to achieve a mitzvah. A mitzvah is a rarity. And therefore, there's a, there's a force in the creation and inside of ourselves that will do everything it can to stop us from doing a mitzvah. Unrelated to our physical body. So in other words, even when the body is up and running, and there's a, cho- a choice of, should I go help a person who's not feeling well? Or should I go to chill with my friend? So even though chilling with my friend may require more physical activity, um, I'll go there because there's this force which is pulling me away from mitzvahs. So that's what the Ramchal says. Yeah? Good? Any? Good? Good? Quiet. Quiet. Good. Meaning, obviously, spirituality is, is an extremely precious experience. Let us work. So I'm preparing for this. I sit down with myself and I say to myself, If I would speak to this force, call it, call it atlas, this, this negative force, that's trying to deprive me of mitzvahs. I'm not talking about my body now. Forget about the body. I'm talking about the other, the other component, the spiritual component. The force that's trying to take mitzvahs away from me. And I can sit down with him. And we have a meeting. And I say to him, mm, I say to him, so, tell me, like, what you're about? What's like, what's, what's your agenda? What's your agenda? Um, so, like, why are you trying to take mitzvahs away from me? What, 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 like, what's your deal? Like, I mean, you're just being nasty. Like, you're being nasty. Like, I don't understand. Like, what's a, why are you trying to take mitzvahs away from me? So I did this. I had this discussion with him. And he gave me the most brilliant answer. He says, I'm playing a game with you. What do you think I want? You think I don't want you to do mitzvahs? <laughs> I want you to do mitzvahs. So I said to him, so if you want me to do mitzvahs, so then why are you playing this game? He says, because if there's no chase, there's also no meaning. If it costs you nothing to do a mitzvah, the mitzvah is worth nothing. I'm going to take every mitzvah away from you until you pant after it, run, grab, take everything you got, clasp onto it. And when you do that, okay, that's meaningful. That's great. That means I'm doing it for you. If I would give it to you like that, so then zero meaning, zero connection. So I was thinking about this. So I thought, like, I know like, I've got this thing that I want people to come to share in time. 
and people like Ryan and Penn to get into share. If I would say to everyone in the share, listen, whenever you feel ready, just just pop in. That's okay. For me, it would be like it would completely dilute the experience of what we're sharing. It would make it basically cheap and meaningless. But if someone's willing to give up and put themselves online, so then I'm there for them, they are for me, we can connect. It's a little bit like you invite a person to come to, to you arrange a coffee date with someone. And uh, they turn up 20 minutes late. And like, they just say, you say to them, what happened? Was there traffic? They said, no, I just, I just, like, uh, I just came when I came. It means that you don't value the thing. It means there's no interaction. So if you want your spirituality to be meaningless, there's only one way it's going to, meaningful, sorry, there's only one way that's going to happen. Someone's going to play a game of pulling it away from you. If they're pulling it away from you, you run towards it, you discover the power of the connection. If there's no running away, if this, if this power would not be in the creation, if this power would not be in the creation, we would have no potential to have a meaningful spiritual existence. There needs to be something, like there needs to be, like for example in a share, there needs to be something that distracts people from listening so that they can be like fiddling on the phone, because if they would not have that, the shear would be meaningless. But since they can find something else to focus on, which has got nothing to do with the shear, and even though it's distracting for the person giving the shear, but that needs to be there. These negative forces need to exist. Without those negative forces pulling people away, so then there's no, there's no meaning to the experience. There's just no meaning to the experience. So, we need to have opposition. We need to have opposition. Without opposition, without opposition, so, um, without opposition, so things are meaningless. So, when I spoke to that part, who's as part of Atlas trying to pull me away from everything that's precious and powerful, I realized I need to have that in my life. I need to have that in my life. I need to have something that's out there to rob me of every single mitzvah. I need to have something out there that's going to rob me from every single good thing in my life. Because if that force didn't exist, I would have nothing. Boom! Sorry, let me make it less dramatic. So I need to have... You know, you got to have that stuff that like pulls it away from you. Because otherwise, imagine, imagine if like everything would just be super, super, super easy. So in a way, if you think about it, I don't know if you, you realize this, but for some people, the worst thing for their spirituality is coming to Yeshiva. Because it's all just laid on. They just roll out of bed, roll into shachris, roll into breakfast, Roll into Shear, roll out of Shear to Chavrusa, roll into the bed, void the next year, roll back, sometimes for Musa, roll back into Mincha if they can be bothered, roll 
into lunch. It's just, it's just like this. And then what happens is the guy goes, you pull it out of the context and you plop it back into Manitoba, the Marshall. Auckland, New Zealand. Brooklyn, New York. And all of a sudden they say, I don't know what happened. I just have no spirituality left in my life. Like I don't dive anymore. I don't learn anymore. I've just had such an incredible drop. No, you haven't. You just got a reality check as to where you were. You are being intravenously inspired with every kind of spirituality and now someone pulled out the drip. So where are you? You're exactly where you were before. We just took away the life support system. So that's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. So that's what I'm thinking to myself. I'm thinking to myself, if this guy is there to pull away every mitzvah from me, he's my best friend. He's literally my best friend. He's the oak that's giving my life meaning. <coughs> I gotta love him. I gotta love him. Because without him, I'm all messed up. If there's not a power that's pulling me in the opposite direction to my greatness, I'd never stand a chance of achieving anything in my life. So what should I do? I should embrace the pain and love the power that's pulling me down. Because without it, I'm nothing. So that's huge. That is huge, boys. That's huge. It means that the route to success is to love the power that pulls away from my own growth. When I see a power that pulls away my growth, and I see something that is really kind of distracting me, and I see something that, you know, like, essentially as follows. The definition of Zrizus is which means means that on an order of priorities, if a person's got a hierarchy of priorities, when spirituality is the foremost priority, so then I arrange my day accordingly. This power that opposes wants to reorientate my system of priorities. So, for example, I've got an opportunity to help someone out and I need to eat lunch. So, whenever I'm confronted with a decision, I'm always going to weigh up the relative weight of each of the two things that I'm struggling with. So, lunch, help someone out, there's an amazing pull towards lunch away from helping someone else out. And the helping out someone else is an amazing pull towards it because it requires effort. And it's a mitzvah. So if it's a mitzvah, it's going to, there's going to be a power which says, don't do it. Even if it would be easy, there's just going to be a power which says, don't do it. So now once I locate the don't do it, I say, that's where I need to go. That's where I need to go. I find the area of resistance and I pursue it. It's almost the exact opposite to the way I'd normally think. 
Instead of pursuing the path of least resistance, I begin to pursue the path of most resistance. I pursue the path of most resistance because that's where my greatness will lie. It's a whole different relationship to struggle. Normally the way I related to struggle was, listen, I'd rather do without it, but it's a necessary part of life, so I'll accept it. This is, I cannot do without it, I'm going to pursue it. That's huge! That's a radical shift! I'm just going to replay that, because I just don't know if anyone heard it. Hi. I'd like to welcome you all here today. I'm about to share with you something. which for me, I hope will be a life changer. And I'm humbly sharing it with you. Until now, my pervading attitude towards things which create resistance inside of me, whether it be physical resistance, they're hard to do because they physically require action, Emotional resistance because they're hard to do because they require emotional effort. Spiritual resistance that they seem to be spiritually beyond and above what I can contain. Until now, my attitude has been avoid. I'll choose a path of least resistance and do what I have to in order to maintain a semblance of growth. And then Right now, I'm in the moment of having a realization. The attitude of pursuing the path of least resistance and avoiding the pain of resistance is the death warrant on a healthy spiritual, emotional, and even physical life. And I have to shift something. Fundamental. And the fundamental shift I'm going to attempt to make is reversing, reversing my default. And instead of pursuing the path of least resistance, I would like to pursue the path of most resistance. And when I see struggle, difficulty, Ahead of me, that's a target for me to go towards. That's the destination. And when I see an option which provides ease and comfort, then I move my way away from that. Because that's going to inhibit and create a level of restraint and inaccess, inaccessible potential. So now, why is it relevant to Rosh Chodesh Adar? And Purim? And Simcha? This is what happens when you pursue the path of 
most resistance. There are two ways of expressing ourselves which have completely different emotional directions. The one is sadness. You pull yourself towards yourself. You shrink everything. Sadness is a shrinking emotion. And the more sad I become, the more I pull myself into myself. The opposite emotion is joy. Simcha. Simcha is expansive. I jump for joy. I try to break the confines of my normal behavioral patterns. Fundamentally, breaking through, engaging in the path of most resistance, is an act of simcha. And avoiding resistance and going for least resistance is an act of contraction. It's an act of sadness. So pursuing the path of most resistance is a secret to happiness. And avoiding it is a recipe for sadness. And therefore, if you feel there's something that you really don't want to do, there's huge resistance, and you're able to overcome that and do it, that's when you'll be truly happy and healthy and good. So that's uh, something to think about. For other good Friday.